Kia ora. This program is brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Get your voice heard. The Quilt of Bananas program plays every Sunday, 10 to 11am, with news, views and music. A collective of presenters, advertisers, community events and discusses news of interest to lesbians, queer women and non-binary folk. We have interviews about past and future sports and cultural events, politics, films, art shows. The programme is sponsored through the generosity of the Rural Foundation. And it plays every Sunday from 10 to 11am on Wellington Access Radio, 106.1 FM. And also via podcasts people can download later. Uh, We're very excited to have on this week's show uh, Chelsea from Alphabet Book Club. Hi, Chelsea. Kia ora. So nice to be here. Kia ora. And um, thanks for joining you. us for today's Cool Bananas program on Access Radio now. 106. And we were so excited about the show. Your weekly cover. And hopefully, people out there who are listening. Thanks for joining us for today's Cool to Bananas program on Access Radio 106.1 FM. Your weekly coverage of news, politics, activities, interviews, and music for queer women and non-binary folk. And on the show today are Sue and me, Fiona. Hi, Sue. Hi, Fiona. And we'd like to say thank you to the Rural Foundation, which has kindly come on board as our sponsor of Quilter cool Bananas. And uh, the grant from the Peter Rural Fund has paid for much of our access studio time and allowed us to make our voices heard by, live via the airwaves and also via podcasts people can download later. Uh, we're very excited to have on this week's show uh, Chelsea from Alphabet Book Club. Hi, Chelsea. Kia ora. So nice to be here. Kia ora. And um, we talked to you, I think it was a couple of months ago now, and we were so excited about the show, and hopefully people out there who are listening live enjoyed the show as well, but then it didn't go out as a podcast, so we felt terrible about that. That's okay. Well, I'm, I'm here now. I'm going to be a regular, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason that we're doing this show again with, with Chelsea and uh, finding out some exciting um, updates from Alphabet Book Club um, is because, um, you know, they have so many more new books coming through, but also Chelsea's been having a look at banned books as well. Is mm-hmm. that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've, I made a list of all of our banned books, which was so satisfying. And <laughs> I love that we've got them. I actually did some research. There's only one banned book in New Zealand at the moment, which I thought was amazing. So was it Under the Plum Tree? No, it is the... Oh. It is the um, manifesto from the Christchurch shooting. Wow. That's it. That's the only banned book. Oh. Yeah. There's ones that have been banned and then been re-released, but New Zealand's mm-hmm. only got one, and I think that's awesome. And that it's one that awesome. should rightfully yeah. be banned. Yeah. Definitely. I know that public libraries do sometimes, or have in the past at least, had kept at desk books. Um, mm-hmm. particularly for ones that have got restricted age range because some there are still some I think that are restricted is that right yeah so there's books like Mein Kampf and things like that that are that fall under the heavily heavily um, watched books <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and also sometimes they're kept at desk because they tend to disappear in public libraries as well yeah I can understand mm. that yeah well, um, so for people who um, didn't um, listen into the show a couple of months ago, Chelsea, tell us a bit about Alphabet Book Club and, cool. and how it all, all works. And yeah. 
can totally do that. So kia ora everybody, my name is Chelsea, my pronouns are she, they, and I identify as queer and non-binary. I, along with my sister-in-law and my wife, run an online LGBTQIA plus bookstore where we stock books that we feel have a positive or honest representation of what it means to be a queer person. Uh, I personally also read every single book that we stock. I include content warnings. I write my own personal reviews uh, because I want to make sure that the products that we're putting out into the world are going to do more good than harm. Uh, I started it because there was a particular book called The House in the Cerulean Sea, which we talked about in depth last time, which I loved. <laughs> yeah, um, I loved it I too. <laughs> and I just couldn't find it in New Zealand. And I wanted to give it to everybody because it's just such a gorgeous, gorgeous book. Um, so our options were to either pay extravagant shipping prices or wait for months for it to arrive. So we decided to do something about it. So our site only stocks books that we physically have in the country so that they get to you as soon as physically possible. And we have a blanket shipping rate for all of New Zealand um, to make it as accessible to everybody as possible. Um, yeah, our altruistic goal with the bookstore is to try and have some impact on lowering the youth suicide rate. So we tend to, to focus more on books that fall into the young adult, middle reader and children's section. We've got a few new adults, but they're just not our primary focus. And a lot of them you can get from other independent bookstores. So we, we like to redirect people there instead. Yeah, sounds, that's sort of it. Good. It's like the, the elevator pitch. <laughs> <laughs> so how many titles would you have in stock? Current, currently, we've got 88 titles, and we're about to add 37 more. That's um, quite which, an extensive book shop. Yeah. Stuff, uh, yeah. It's really exciting. And we do a monthly subscription service. So every month we send out a book that has a different form of representation. Uh, so January's box was an Achillean relationship, so between two men. February was a non-binary main character. Um, so we change it up each month. And as you read through the book, we've got little gifts that you can open um, on yeah. certain pages. Ooh. Uh, yeah, it's, it's really, it's a lot of fun. Our February one actually starts with a, a huge note from the author who just wrote specifically to the New Zealand reader, which was just so special. Oh, wow. So yeah. what was the title of the February book? I Wish You All the Best by Mason Diva. Oh, wow. Oh, then they wrote a note to say that. Or well, they know, wrote a note. Yep, they wrote a note. Um, they wrote a note that was basically saying that they know that New Zealanders are often left out of a lot of international events and giveaways and panels and, and all of that sort of thing and that they're really um, stoked to be a part of our subscription month and our book club. So it was really fun. Oh, wow. It's so cool. And for people who, um, we've got the, the advantage of being able to see um, Chelsea uh, through the video and um, while we're talking to her. And um, we can see that uh, you're surrounded by books, aren't you? Yes. <laughs> we're in the smallest room. <laughs> um, but it's, our shelves are just getting higher and more full. We actually have books deposited all over the house at the moment because our new ones are just starting to arrive. So we don't currently have a TV at the moment, so we've just got stacks and stacks of books, and that's what our furniture's pointed at. Yeah. 
And um, from memory, that also you um, you have a corgi that that features in your Instagram and feed, right? All of our social media. Yep, Remus. He's a rescue corgi that we um, have had for four years now. We rescued him when we were living in China, and he is a full one hundred percent ding dong, but he's very very cute. <laughs> Um, so we've got a bunch of different rainbow bandanas that we pop them in and, and he, he is our brand ambassador. Oh, that's lovely. So um, Chelsea, you've come back to talk to us today about um, some of the, the books that are coming up in the next couple of months that you're really looking forward to. Uh, I think we, you sent through a list of about four or five out of the 37 titles that are coming, right? Yeah. So I sent one through from each of our reading categories just because they're just cool to talk about. And they're all so different. And I just love queer books. I'll quite happily talk about queer books as long as you'll have me. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I've, I sent through the list, um, but I'm happy to go through them with, with the reasons why I'm excited about them. Yeah, please. So let's kick it off. So what's the first book on your list? So our children's book that I'm so excited about is called Fred Gets Dressed by Peter Brown. And it's a little boy who just loves being naked and decides that when he has to get dressed, he's going to go into mum and dad's wardrobe. And at first he gets dressed up as dad and then he gets dressed up as mum and decides that's much more fun. And the parents arrive and they all get dressed up as well. The dog gets dressed up. It's, it's, it's just a really lovely story about like non-traditional gender roles and self-expression. And I just think that like, these books need to be in libraries and read by kids who like to wear what they like to wear. What age group is that um, aimed at? Is that a picture book? It's a picture book. So it's aimed at sort of three to six or seven. Yeah, I as I said earlier, um, you sent the list through. And so I had a wee, a wee look online for it. And I found the most wonderful little story. Well, not little story, but I found a um, a lovely piece from the author about how it was actually a, one of his favorite childhood memories that he had was oh. did you, have you read that no oh yeah no it's wonderful if you if you google um the title of the book yeah you'll you'll find that it was one of his earliest childhood memories was going into his his mum's room mum and dad's room and yeah basically um having fun with the makeup and mm -hmm. it, it goes on to how he how he evolved the story um and also about how he it even shows uh, some of the the early sketches that he did of the little boy and it's oh, so cool it is so cool yeah I really I'm really looking forward to reading it actually yeah it's just so cute and I just love parents in children's books that are like oh absolutely like it's fun and they're supportive and it doesn't matter I just think that that's that's really important for kids that like to dress outside societal norms which are boring Definitely. anyway so <laughs> or even kids that just like to dress up full stop amen <laughs> Um, in terms of picture books that are out there, um, do you think there are more um, queer picture books that are coming through, books that kids accept themselves? Yeah, so our children's books, uh, we split them into certain categories. It's not as easy to split it as, for example, uh, YA or adult books where you could go romance and an adventure and 
you know, fantasy and all those sorts of things. It's not quite as easy with children. So we've split them into uh, expression, identity, and family. Mm. So it's, that's, those are the, we pick ones that fit in each of those categories. So family would be um, like if somebody's, there's a book that we've got who that is called, Who's Your Real Mum? And it's for a little girl who's got two mums and it's answering a question of a boy in, in her classroom. Um, we've got ones that have, uh, yeah, so that's our family one. For expression, it's about how people dress and, and appear and if they like dressing up. And, and we have a lot, there seems to be a big focus at the moment of little boys dressing up, which I think is excellent to sort of dispel that toxic masculinity right at the offset. <laughs> There's a wonderful book, isn't there? And I'm forgetting what it is, um, what it's called. Um, but it's about a little boy who uh, lives with his grandmother and he gets dressed up and he, because he wants to dress like the um, drag queens that he's seen. Mm-hmm. You know the one I mean? Yes, I do. I can't remember the title, but I think you're about to show it to oh, me. I think it might be part of our new collection. Oh, right. Um, wow. We've got, Yeah. I don't have it near me. Um, <laughs> the only one that I've got near me at the moment is called My Shadow is Pink. And it's a little boy who whose who's dad's shadow is blue, but his shadow is pink. Oh, and wow. it's this beautiful story of, of his dad being really worried about this little boy dressing up in dresses and having a pink shadow and then slowly like comes to realize how awesome it is. It's really cute. <laughs> I just think those stories are really important. I wish there was more out there for little girls in the same vein. Um, the only one I've found is one called um, Annie's plaid shirt. And it's a little girl who just loves wearing plaid shirt. And I just think that that's wonderful. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Very cool. Yeah. Hey, I think we're going to have time for some music now. So we're pre-recording this interview. So we'll put the music in soon from uh, a choice from Chelsea.
so we're back with Chelsea from Alphabet Book Club. So Chelsea's going through uh, some of the books that are coming through into the Alphabet Book Club in the next couple of months. So what's the second book on your list, Chelsea? Second book is for our middle reader. So in America, that would be the middle grade section. So it's, it's kind of the age between eight and 12, um, in between picture books and then going before YA books. And it's a book called To Night Owl from Dogfish. And it's a queer retelling of the Parent Trap movie. <laughs> which is so good so it focuses on two girls and they gave themselves the nicknames night owl and dogfish and their dads fall in love and the girls aren't happy about this and the dads decide to get them to be friends send, send them off to uh, a summer camp together um <laughs> And so the girls are doing everything they can. It could have gone terribly can. wrong, but it exactly. didn't, did it? They're doing everything they can to keep their dads apart because they don't want to be family. And, you know, it resolves well. It's a children's book, but it's just, it's really nice because it's a familiar story um, and having a queer remake. Well, very good. So middle reader, I think you talked about this a little bit before, but is that intermediate or what, what age range is middle reader? Um, I would say it's it's like late primary and intermediate. Um, so yeah, sort of that eight to twelve range. It it, it dep all depends on the kid. First step after the picture books, isn't it? From yeah. yeah. Ah, okay, right. That makes sense. then. first yeah, kind of chapter books. Yeah. yeah, and it's before it gets into like I know around ten, eleven. If you're an avid reader, you you move well into YA sort of area but some kids aren't so that's why we kind of go 8 to 12 ish but mm -hmm. as an adult I love them so <laughs> books are for everyone you read what you like <laughs> that's right and I think there are plenty of people out there who um, read young adult um, at mm -hmm. all ages don't they right yep absolutely mm -hmm. I just think that you know read what feels good for you it's there's no rules around it definitely and um, so what would be, oh, and sorry, one thing that I did read about this book was that it's written in letters and emails. Is that mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. uh -huh. So it's not kind of regular prose either, right? No, and it's written by two different authors as well. So it's got two separate voices as well for both of the girls, which I just think is awesome. I've, I've seen children's picture books. Um, they've, they've been around for a wee while, but I... I don't really recall many middle readers that have that are um, that have those sort of queer themes. And is is that a growing area of the um, yeah literature for kids? It's definitely a growing area. We stock. I'm just looking at them now. We stock about fifteen in that, and the, a, a huge part of that is graphic novels. Um, and it's not always kids that are going through that identity crisis either it's like I've, there's a book called me my dad at the end of the rainbow and it's a young boy whose dad has come out and it's him dealing with the changes to his family and how he can be a good ally to his dad and I think that those sorts of books are important as well for that age age group of empathy for others mm. yep. that might be going through something that you're not immediately experiencing yeah it's a, it's, a, it's a good age range to read. You can get through the book in about an hour. So as an adult, <laughs> it's great. <laughs> My favorite would have to be um, 
it's a book called Melissa by Alex Gino. And it was previously printed as uh, under the title George. And ah, I know that book. Yeah. Yes. So, and so, in fact, that is just going very quickly into that list of banned books. That is one of the books, mm-hmm. right? It sure is. Top mm-hmm. of the charts. <laughs> um, so Alex Gino and Scholastic are reprinting the book this year, which is amazing. They're reprinting it as Melissa. Uh, but Alex encourages their readers to um, do a thing called Sharpie activism, which is to change the cover of the book so it doesn't say the character's dead name anymore. Mm. Um, we, with our, with our company, we send out stickers that have the up, updated title on them um, along with the book so that we can we can help along that, that activism path. But that one is a is a little girl who just wants to be Charlotte and Charlotte's web and gets told that she can't because she's a boy. Oh, mm. that's such a great story. Yeah. It's really Aww. cute. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. And what's the next one on your list? Next one on my list is a YA book that I just love because I love epic fantasy. Um, it's a book called The Mermaid, the Witch and the Sea which is set upon a pirate ship and there's mermaids and it's magic and it's it's just wonderful but it follows uh, a person who identifies as a as a as a woman as a girl but to get on the pirate ship she has to go she has to go in a disguise as a man and then she fall in love she falls in love with one of the nobles on the ship it's just a really lovely story and is the noble the witch uh, no, so the noble is a lady is a is a lady called Evelyn who's on her way to an arranged marriage. Oh. Um, so and she didn't she also didn't expect to to um, create a bond with a pirate man. <laughs> her side of things, um, but then they they end up like getting together and and trying to escape off the pirate ship and. Um, there's mermaids and all sorts of things it's just it's a lot of fun and it's a nice like you know sapphic pirates you can't get much better than sapphic pirates that's right (laughs) and the cover is just stunning I would like the the cover is beautiful oh wow yes we're looking at it now it is beautiful so So yeah so just hold it up and we'll see if we can do a description all I can see is Fiona at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've got to be talking for you to see it, but it's a pirate oh, no. ship. It's oh, got a pirate it's, ship. It's, I can see it. It's It's got this amazing kind of swirls around the, um, around the lettering that says the mermaid, the witch in the sea. Mm. And, um, oh, by the book, by the way, the book is by um, Maggie Takuda Hall, T-O-K-U-D-A-Hall. And um, but the illustration on is just really stunning on the front. There's mm-hmm. this kind of swirly sea and um, some eyes in the swirly sea as well. I think, right? Yeah, yeah, yep. And then we've got some mermaids under the water, and it, and the clouds are forming faces. It's just stunning. Like it's if, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful if it's one cover. of those books that you you pick up because of the cover, it's it's worth it for the what's inside it as well. But mm. the cover is just stunning very good and actually that brings to mind um i did a um a show a while ago now a couple of years ago on 
uh, St. Patrick's Day with Rosie, who's one of the other presenters on the show. Some, uh, she mainly does the St. Patrick's one about an, about Irish woman pilot, pirates. Mm. And um, yeah, and uh, I think the sense was that potentially they were lesbian, um, but everyone knew that they were these pirates who were <laughs> women pirates who were Irish. And uh, there's great, great stories there. Yeah. Oh, very cool. It would make sense if you stuck out on a ship at sea for a few months. Mm. Yes, yes, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> well, I suppose, does it does it make sense when you're stuck out at sea or does it is it what takes you to sea? Yeah, right. The other, the other pirates. <laughs> yeah. And without, you know, being outside of society's rules and restrictions of the time. Yeah. That's the young adult book, right? That's a young adult book, yeah. It's it's a nice and it's a decent sized one as well. Like mm. for for a YA fantasy book, it's a it's a good read. It's got great world building. It goes along at a good pace. I really like it. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> and I think am I biased? Um, yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of world building, I know that one of your other the other thing that you're saying, or the other book I should say, or author that you're looking forward to. Um, the next title coming out was T.J. Clune, right? The um, the author of The House of the Cerulean Sea that was mm-hmm. mentioned earlier. Um, and you mentioned that this is the third in the Witch series? Uh, so it's called The Extraordinaries, and it is queer superheroes. And it's just amazing. So T.J. Clune is my all-time favorite author, and I am incredibly biased towards anything he does. I'll read his grocery list. Like, let me in <laughs> it. Um, <laughs> but uh, the extraordinaries is his first YA release, and it is the main character Nikki has ADHD, and I found it a little bit disconcerting reading it when I first started. But by the time I got to about the third chapter, I was like, "This is how Nikki's brain works. It's very short and sharp and fast, and and the book, it, the story is is moves very rapidly, and I I love seeing neurodivergence." written in a way that makes me go oh I feel like this is what it is to be inside Nikki's brain like it's it's written very well um but yeah it's the third in the series so the extraordinaries is the first book flash fire is the second uh and then heat wave that is coming out in July and I'm so excited it's gonna be so good Everybody who's received advanced copies of it are losing their minds on the internet right now, and I'm so <laughs> jealous. <laughs> so is that another YA? Yeah, there's another YA. So mm-hmm. it's the third in the series. Because um, TJ came when he was uh, independ- independently publishing, he focused primarily on adult books. Um, and then The House in the Cerulean Sea and Under the Whispering Door, which were his first mainstream releases they sort of go into more of a new adult sort of YA you know family friendly sort of (laughs) um, route which was which was quite a quite a different experience for a lot of his fans but yeah his YA book so good he's prolific isn't he I know that he put out a lot of books before the houses really and sea came Mm -hmm. through right it's one of my favorite things, and I, I talk about it every chance I get. As soon as somebody's like, oh, I loved this book, it, whether it's Under the Whispering Door or House of the Cerulean Sea, I'm like, well, buckle up, because I, have I got 55 book recommendations for you, and they're all incredible. 
So tell us a bit more about the superhero series then. So um, is it the same character all the way through or are they a kind of a universe of superheroes? So same protagonist the whole way through. Uh, so you're following Nikki, who who has ADHD. Uh, TJ also has ADHD, so he's writing from a place of experience. Um, and the first book is it's just filled with superhero tropes and cliches, and it's just like it's so wonderful. Um, but he doesn't realize that his best friend and the boy that he's in love with is has, has a superpower. And everybody else around him is like, come on, Nikki. <laughs> and he was like, I don't understand. Why aren't you always here? Like, do you have a secret boyfriend? Like, what's going on? Um, <laughs> and everyone's <laughs> like, oh, so he's going to click soon. So he's going to come to a big understanding soon. <laughs> um, and then the second the second book go is when Nikki has finally worked things out, is, is working out how he gets incorporated into the world of, of being, of superheroes and having powers and, and how do you distinguish yourself as a good person as opposed to a villain? Yeah, it's, I really like it. <laughs> I highly recommend it. <laughs> so will you be ordering a double load of those for the month that you're uh, putting that in the book club? Absolutely. Uh, so generally we order between five and 10 copies of, of any title at a time because we don't like to run out suddenly. Um, I'll probably be getting a few more of those in and we'll be doing a, a whole whole lot of superhero stuff in July. <laughs> Given that was the trigger for your shoppers anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I just love that TJ's whole thing is that queer people deserve positive stories. They deserve great romances. They They deserve to go on adventures and I love that. He also has a rule that the dog never dies and I really appreciate that as well. I <laughs> As does your mascot, I imagine. Yeah, well, anytime an animal is mentioned in a story, I'm like, is it going to be okay? Tell me the dog's going to be okay. I feel the same way. Am I going to be sobbing on public transport about this dog? (laughs) (laughs) It was the only one I liked. (laughs) (laughs) So I gather that um, it sounds like it's quite cinematic as well. Do you think that they'll be optioned for some kind of series or anything? I definitely feel like um, Cerulean will be. I feel like that has that that was born to be put on a big screen. Um, I would love if the extraordinaries was as well, but I I don't know. I I feel like Hollywood at the moment really focuses on the trauma of coming out and and that sort of thing. People aren't just they just happen to be queer and everyone's cool with it and they go about their lives. They're not there yet. No, um, true. So I would love it. I think it would be amazing for representation because not only is Nikki is gay, his best friend is bi, he's got two lesbian friends in their little queer group and nobody cares. There's no homophobia, it doesn't exist, not a big deal. It, everyone just gets on. And I, I think that's really important for those worlds to exist. Sounds good. Do we have a, a break for some more music? And uh, we're about to hear what Chelsea's second choice was. Have taken the brunt of the storm 
They are feeling pretty worn We finally found shelter Tucked away inside a wall Though for now it's pretty small You and me We can make this hole a home We can fill it up with grass And all the things that make it warm When you leave To go fly across the sea I'll be waiting here with Junior And the flowers that we've And leaves has left me pretty tired. Can I rest with you a while? We snuggle up between the stones, wind blows peacefully. There's no place I'd rather be. You and me, we can make this hole a home We can fill it up with grass and all the things that make it warm When you leave to go fly across the sea I'll be waiting here with Junior and the flowers that we So you've been listening to Chelsea's second choice. So we're talking with Chelsea from Alphabet Book Club on Access Radio 106.1 FM. And in the uh, teaser at the very top of the show, we talked about how we'd be talking also about banned books. And you mentioned that there was the book, Melissa, that has been banned as well. And there are... Uh, and there's a list out, isn't there, I guess, of things that, of books that have been banned um, in the US and particularly uh, in Texas, there's been a lot going on, hasn't mm. there? Yeah. Yeah. Texas isn't in a good space at the moment for the queer community. I really feel for trans kids there at the moment yeah. um, with what, what was released yesterday about any trans affirming therapies or practices being seen as child abuse. I was like, oh, just let your kids live, let them play sports. Mm. Um, mm. But yeah, when the book ban happened, I got mad because I just, I feel like the the best way to encourage, keep our kids alive really, is for them to see themselves positively represented and have resources available to them in their schools and, and things. So to see 
piles and piles of, of books with amazing representation being pulled out of public libraries and schools. It was just awful. It made me really grateful that we live in a country that while there might not be a lot of diversity at, in libraries yet, there, there's still some and what's there is celebrated with things like out on the shelves with Inside Out and things like that. So we, yeah, we're, I'm glad we're not in Texas. <laughs> Definitely. I'm on, um, as a regular listeners to the show will know, um, I work in a library. And um, so one of the Facebook groups that I'm part of is the, um, uh, the ALA Think Tank, which is a kind of a, a library discussion, public library particularly mm. discussion groups and there's been a lot of stories on there about some of the library boards just basically going in and pulling books off the shelf and um, you know it's really disheartening and distressing for the library staff in school libraries as well as public libraries that um, that these books which are so um, are so great not only because they're a great book in themselves but they're so affirming as well for for kids um, mm. uh, you know, be, they're being told by their parents or groups of parents within the schools, um, you know, that they're, um, that they're bad and that they need to be banned. It's just awful. Yeah. 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 So I think you were saying that you had a list um, of the banned books in the US and how many does the Alphabet Book Club have? 27. 27 currently I know that there's at least 10 more in our, in our upcoming edition, which it just, I, I was, I was telling you earlier, as I was going through this, the list from Texas, and I also went through the contested and banned books on the ACLU website, um, the American Civil Liberties Union. Um, I was going through the list and going, oh, we've got that one. Oh, we've got another one. Oh, another banned <laughs> book. And I was yelling it down the hallway, and she came up and she was like, "Why are you so excited about the fact that we've got all these banned books?" And I took a moment and I was like, because we're doing something right. Like there's something in these books that people are finding threatening that we are finding positive and affirming and loving and important. So for me, I go, we're doing something right. This is a great thing. And these are books that should be brought up to the forefront and celebrated. So I, I did a big internet post and I went on Twitter and I had my feelings out loud and I was like, here are all my banned books and here, here are all the ones that are by trans authors and black authors and, you know, where intersectionality meets and, and this is what's important for children right now. Like, yeah, it was exciting. It was, did you I get lots of support on Twitter for, for it? Yeah, I great. did. And I had a couple of youth group, rainbow youth groups, um, reach out to me and just buy all the band books <laughs> um, and and I just go I think that's really important I kind of love the adverse reaction of people doing the opposite of what conservatives want like mm. the fact that uh, all boys aren't blue um, by uh, George M. Johnson it has got got him back into the New York Times bestsellers list because it was one of those ones that was publicly banned and aggressively banned and people are going out of their way to buy it to the point that he's now a bestseller again. Um, I think that reaction from the public is wonderful. That's quite, I'm just thinking, I think you said you had 88 titles in stock. Yes. And 27 of them banned that's quite shocking isn't it that that they've 
that's like a quarter of what you've got in your stock has been banned and you'd almost have to suspect that the rest of them haven't been banned because they haven't found them yet. Um, Pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of them would be UK authors um, or authors that are outside of America. Um, I reckon that's a lot of reason that they haven't been banned yet. Yeah, that would make sense. Mm. Do you find a difference... Sorry. Do you find a difference between um, between the writing of authors from, say, within and outside the US, or um, you know, from from other geographical locations? I think that most authors have their own unique writing style. I think that we get, whether we want to admit it or not, in New Zealand, we're so we get so accustomed to American culture because of the media that we consume and that's been the way for a really long time um that they don't need to explain things like the schooling system and grades and things like that for people that are outside of america whereas i feel like other authors go into a lot of detail um so that american audiences will understand (laughs) particularly if it's like contemporary fiction set in a british school like you're going to need to explain what the year levels mean and things like that so that an American audience would get it. Yeah, either either that or that you sort of homogenise all the locality, location out of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, the um, one of the authors that I read is based in Yorkshire and um, I know that in the past she's had comments from from readers about um, you know, not really understanding um, the types of food that, you know, the types mm-hmm. of sweets and things like that. Well, candies, I guess, candy versus sweets and, you know, that they eat and whether, you know, you know, making it more homogenous as well. But in fact, you lose such a, you know, I am going on a, you know, I've been going on a wee bit of a kind of a uh, soapbox about this, about the regional variations are actually really lovely because you find out so much about mm. other parts of the world. You know what I mean? Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's really exciting, you know. And why would you want to read a sanitized version of, of someone else's story when you could learn more about what it is to be different? Exactly. And actually, <laughs> yeah, that kind of loops back around to, you know, um, I remember reading about um, And Tango Makes Three, I think it is. Three. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Um, about the two two gay penguins, basically, who <laughs> who have this loving relationship, and it's based on a true story about these two penguins in a zoo somewhere, <laughs> Chicago, yeah, somewhere. I can't remember. Um, but no, it's just wonderful, isn't it? You know, and uh, and that's yeah. one of the banned books. Yes, exactly. Yep. Yes, absolutely exactly. banned. Can't yeah. have gay penguins, even though it happens with. Basically every species can't do that. Yeah, and that book that I was talking about before that I really loved that as well talked about um, kids, you know, celebrating who they are is um, Julian is a Mermaid, I think it is. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And so I really um, love that book. There's a series with Julian. There's Julian becomes a Big Brother, and there's, there's oh. a, yeah. Oh great! Yeah, it's oh, really very cool. Cute. Oh, that's really lovely. So you had a adult book on this list as well. Oh, you did, yes. didn't you? That's I did. Right. I don't think and this is about... one that probably went through your library. Um, uh, it's called Malice by Heather Walter. 
mm-hmm. and it is a queer retelling of Sleeping Beauty, but from the villain's perspective. And I love it because it's <laughs> not about the handsome prince and the happily ever after. Like even in the description, they were like, "That's utter nonsense." absolute utter nonsense this is about the dark like the evil the one that's considered evil and dark it's from her perspective Mm. and uh she falls in love with princess aurora (laughs) and so that was malice by what was Uh, the name of the author heather walter heather walter it's part of a two-part series so um the sequel which is called miss rule uh, is expected out in May this year. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people are looking forward to it because who doesn't love a query telling of, you know, <laughs> a princess story? I, I I love a good retelling. I love it when it's like the story that everyone's familiar with, it gets flipped. I think it's great. <laughs> <laughs> so you were telling us before a wee bit about um, uh, about the book boxes that go out each month mm-hmm. and um during the break we were talking a little bit about some of the um the little gifts that go in it when you do sign up for the book club so tell us about the the cupcakes oh (laughs) so if you don't mind are they supposed to be secret (laughs) oh are they secret uh everyone will receive them on the first it's fine (laughs) if you finish Uh, them yeah yeah i i will be like i'll get no sleep i'll make sure these cupcakes are finished I, so part of our subscription service is that we send out on the first of every month, we send out a book um, and our book boxes for March, we're currently doing a big hustle at our house to try and get everything in. Um, sorry, just Remus is barking at the neighbor. <laughs> he likes to run around with the dog next door. So he gets a bit rowdy. Um, yeah. So half of the items that we have ordered to go into our book boxes have been held up because of COVID and shipping and a myriad of other reasons. And so we're not going to, we're not going to delay them going out because we, we like to stick to our word. And so instead we are doing alternatives. So it was meant to be a cupcake keyring, And instead I am furiously crocheting um little little crocheted rainbow cupcakes <laughs> and we can tell the listeners that they're very very cute they are they're very cute they have yeah. little faces on them yeah the line in the book is that the main character goes and gets an emotional support cupcake so we thought it was just it would it would be a cute thing um, i think that's cuddlier yeah it's definitely it's definitely got much more of a personal touch as well um I feel like I'm, I like crocheting at Amigurumi, so it's, it's one of those things I feel like I've been preparing for this moment for a really long time. (laughs) Dedicated to Yeah, I'm part of a queer craft group called Stitch and Butch. Ah, right. And I I sent a message out, because we've got a a little um, group message, I sent a message out saying that what I was doing. And um, everyone's like, we cannot wait to see this picture of... 40 cupcakes in a row <laughs> and someone's like you can come over and I can help you out and I was like I'm not leaving the house now knitting is my full-time job um <laughs> I'm doing this until the first and then I will sleep for a day <laughs> <laughs> well one of the books that I've just finished reading is um 
a memoir by Sutton Foster, who was mm. in Younger and different things called, um, it's called Hooked, How Crafting Saved My Life or something like that. Yeah. And um, just basically it goes through every piece of crocheting that she ever did in different parts, different stressful times in her life. And um, it's just wonderful, actually, and how how she's obviously, you know, it's given her something to focus her anxieties on and that kind of thing, or get over her, you know, sort of um, moderate her anxiety, I should say, yeah, with crafting. So um, would you recommend people get into crafting yourself? Personally, yes. Um, I'm a very anxious person, and I used to do a very high-stress job before um, COVID hit. And crafting was how I um, relaxed at the end of the night. I'm an active relaxer. I can't just watch TV and I would find myself playing games on my phone and things like that. And it just wasn't doing it for me. So um, I decided to do some charity knitting. So I was knitting eight inch squares and sending them to a refugee camp in Syria, um, which was really cute because I went to a, a, a knitting circle of grandmas who would knit different blankets up for the kids of the camp. Uh, and then from there, I just started getting more creative. I branched out to crochet and decided that I really liked it. And, and now um, I'm, you know, a few years later, I'm making 40 cupcakes in a weekend. <laughs> 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 but it's for me, um, crafting helps my brain settle. Um, it's, it's provided me with a beautiful community of, of, of friends that I, wouldn't necessarily otherwise meet and for me I'm, I'm not a big drinker and things like that and so it's really hard to find a queer community and I've found just the best one. So Sitch um, and Butch has been around for a while right so yeah, yes. and used to meet in <laughs> St Andrews and so what's happening with Sitch and Butch at the moment? So we moved out of St Andrews uh, halfway through last year, it just got really cold in winter, mm. and it was it was it was hard to get parking and with it being on the terrace and and it it, it was nice to have a big table, but it, we we thought we maybe we'd start experimenting with different places. So we had a couple of nights at Southern Cross where we took up a big table. We've met at Leuven on Featherston Street because they've got a big table. And then on this Monday, just been, we met at Blondini's at the Embassy Cinema. Hmm. And Mari, who is Mari North. North, our fearless leader, we love her. Um, she went in and told them what we wanted to do. So when we arrived, they had, they had 10 armchairs set up around all of these little tables together <laughs> for us. And it was so cool. <laughs> so we're, we, we move around, but we always put where we're going to be on the Facebook group. Hmm. So and that can new people can come us. along? Absolutely. You don't even have to craft. We'll teach you. Ah. <laughs> um, we've we've got yarn supplies. We've got needles. We've got hooks. Like we'll teach mm -hmm. you if if you want to do something. Um, every one of us does something different. Um, a lot of people uh, are knitting socks at the moment, which I I can't do for needles. That's that's too many needles for my brain. <laughs> Same. So. So, you know, I'll show you a cupcake design if you want one. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually, I think a few years ago now, we had Stitch and Butch on, they did a show and, or maybe we interviewed them, not, um, or I was the tech for that show and they were going to come back. So 
um, you can pass the message on to Sitch and Butch that we'd love them to come back on or yourself and somebody else. Yeah. That would be awesome. For sure. We recently had a bit of a setback, which we are looking to rectify. So the protesters down at Parliament mm. removed all of the crocheted creatures along the waterfront. No. Yeah, they were all destroyed last week. Um, so Mari was furiously designing more creatures to go up on those flagpoles. Um, so it's if you want to come along, you can help create a monster to go <laughs> to go back on the waterfront because they were just so cool. They were yeah. so cool. I wonder why they did that. That's just you know, I mean they they are problematic anyway. But um, there's been a bit of homophobia, hasn't there? Whether it's that. Or... Yep, I got called the F slur when I was wearing a mask that had my pronouns on it um, when I was walking home um a couple of days ago and I'm just like this is Wellington like I thought <laughs> I, I I wouldn't have expected it from here Auckland maybe <laughs> this well, they're of Wellington not, they're not from Wellington so that's yeah so it's a it's it's a different different vibe out there at the moment eh yeah mm. there have been cool things that have come out of parliament in the last week they have they have they have there's been so while they're while they're out there occupying, mm. we had the um, second and third readings of the bill banning conversion therapies. Um, really um, nice to see those go through. I was very surprised at the um, seven who voted against in the first vote. Mm. So the, se the second vote was seven against, and the third was eight against. Um, but most national MPs voted for it, which was um, a change from the first time round. Um, and there was some. Was it because it was a change to a conscience vote? Mm. Yeah, it was changed to a conscience vote, so it was whipped to vote against um, on the first one, um, and then changed to a conscience vote. And there was some shift around um, in who change who in the votes between the second and the third. We're trying to get a couple of days apart, so that's quite interesting. Yeah, there were a couple of flips, weren't there? Yeah, but really good to see that one go through. Um, and we'll wait for the ministry now. Yeah, that is so cool. I saw that um, the discussion of creating a rainbow ministry. I think that would be awesome. <laughs> we look forward to it. We yeah. should have, have Elizabeth some time to talk about that. Boy, do I have some book resources for you. <laughs> <laughs> So that's um, our show for this week. Um, thanks very much to Chelsea for coming along and talking about four of the books. Um, so one in each of the various um, age groupings that uh, she stocks. Um, we will look at, um, we'll put the page back up on our um Facebook page so that people can find it and so they can go and have a look at the club and whether that's something that they might want to do. Um, we've we've now seen one of the little gifts that come with it, which is very cute. <laughs> but it's a store as well, right? You can buy books online directly. Yep, we, yeah, we have books. Mm. We have books available. We it's a blanket cost of seven dollars to ship anywhere in the country, and we put it in the post the same if not the next day, mm -hmm. um, so that you get it as soon as possible. 
Cool. Um, I'm also really happy if you're just like, I, don't, I like, I, I don't know what to read. I'm like, come, come to me. I've read everything. I can tell you <laughs> what might be up your alley. <laughs> yeah. I've been following you on Insta for a while or the Alphabet Book Club. So I can recommend that they've always got interesting content coming up and, you know, new things to see. So, yeah. Lots of brainers. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. The Quilt of Bananas program plays every Sunday, 10 to 11am, with news, views and music. A collective of presenters, advertisers, community events and discusses news of interest to lesbians, queer women and non-binary folk. We have interviews about past and future sports and cultural events, politics, films, art shows. The program is sponsored through the generosity of the Rural Foundation. And it plays every Sunday from 10 to 11am on Wellington Access Radio, 106.1 FM. That programme was brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Get your voice heard. Thanks New Zealand On Air for funding accessmedia.nz.